As a marketer, you know how difficult it is to grow a site's traffic. Factors such as website copy, technical SEO, backlinks, pillar content, and the overall content marketing strategy comes together to enable you to scale your site traffic to new heights. In this episode of the SaaS Content at Scale, I talked to Brooklyn Nash, the head of content at Visa, a data enrichment tool for sales and marketing teams. He talks about his content marketing strategy that led to an increase in Visa's website traffic by 135% in just six months. He explains how he leveraged strategies such as content buckets, computer content analysis, backlinks, and a lot more. I'm Deb, and this is episode three of the SaaS Content at Scale. Let's dive in. This is SaaS Content at Scale, the podcast that uncovers actionable strategies to scale up your acquisition and retention campaigns through content marketing. Stay tuned as Deb interviews the top SaaS content marketers across the globe to help you grow your business. Let's get started. Hey, Brooklyn, welcome to the show. Thanks, Deb. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Brooklyn, for our audience, uh, talk a little bit about what you do at Visa and in general, you know, give a uh, give an overview. Sure. Yeah, I'm a content marketer in the B2B SaaS space. Uh, I've been working on content marketing for just about seven years. And a few years ago, really dove deep into B2B SaaS. I found it a little, quite a bit more enjoyable than <laughs> any other form of content. So for the last few years, I've been focused there. Um, I'm now working as head of content at wiza.co, a sales and implement tool since the beginning of 2020 and growing our own content marketing agency with my wife, Becca, which is very originally named Nash Content Consulting. Awesome. That, that sounds, uh, that sounds pretty good. So when did you join Visa and uh, talk to me a little bit about what the tool does and uh, how it helps, I guess, sales professionals? Yeah, I joined full-time beginning of February uh, of this year. <clears throat> Before that, I had done a couple of months of just consulting work for the CEO to kind of get them on the right track with SEO and their content plans. And after working on that, he asked me to come on full-time. Um, Wiza is a essentially a, a prospecting and data enrichment tool so it helps sales teams and marketers take the either take the lead list that they already have and enrich them with all kinds of data about uh, the company and the lead their personal emails professional emails social media handles phone numbers the whole nine yards um, <clears throat> and then it also integrates with linkedin sales navigators so for those using SalesNav to prospect, they can just click a button from the platform and, and export their searches or saved lead lists and enrich it with, uh, with emails and phone numbers. Brilliant. Uh, I think uh, that can be useful for anyone who is trying to prospect, not exactly sales, even while you know, you're prospecting for your content clients, I guess uh, Wizard can really help. 
Yeah, I've written about that as a, as a guest post a couple of times is, and I've used it myself for guest post opportunities. Um, you know, you can search within SalesNav for um, director of marketing at smaller organizations or other head of content or content marketers and, um, you know, go from there and, and get their emails and, and create quite a bit more personalized outreach using that as the, the foundation. Totally. Uh, I kind of do that manually, but uh, I, I'm sure if I use a tool like Wizard, it would be much easier. Yeah, All definitely right. my own process. Yeah, totally. All right, so let, let's let's dive in. Um, we, we, we're going to talk about how uh, you folks, you know, increased your, uh, what was the data point? Yeah increased your organic search traffic by 135% in six months, right? So talk to me a little bit about that. Let's, uh, you know, uh, let's have an overview of, uh, quickly run, run through the steps of how you did it, and then we can dive into each, each and every step and go deeper from there. Sounds good? <clears throat> yeah, that sounds great. Perfect. Yeah, Lead the way. Cool. Sure. Goal number one when I joined... Wizza was to get a great foundation from an SEO perspective. It's not obviously the only marketing strategy or not even the only inbound marketing strategy, but it's where my specialty is. And I think there was a ton of opportunity for Wizza specifically to capture and <clears throat> speak authoritatively to keywords related to cold emails, prospecting, LinkedIn sales nav, all these things that kind of touch on how users would utilize Wizza. So when I joined, that kind of became my primary focus. And yeah, over six months, I basically took the two-prong approach, um, building out SEO-focused content on-site and improving the content that was already there from an SEO perspective. And then for off-site, running a, a backlink campaign via guest posts and resource pages and all of that. So that took up the majority of my time for these first six months and now we're at the point of we went from uh just over 3300 in organic traffic monthly to last month we hit just over 7500 which i'm not a mathematician but it should be just over 130 <clears throat> percent increase uh and then our domain rating on ahrefs went from 10 when i joined to 49 which we're now what's the date where it's July 30th, so we have one more day left in the month, and I'm not gonna lie, it kind of irks me that we we may not hit 50 by the end of the month, just because it's a nice round number. Yeah, all right, uh, that, is, that is phenomenal growth, even, especially, you know, growing DR is not that easy, because they consider even more data points than DA, which is, uh, which is the rating assigned by Moss, so. Right. Uh, Great work on that. Um, all right, so let, let, let's let's talk about you know your SEO quick wins, right? The stuff that you did right off the bat and kind of uh, helped you in a lot of ways, especially the on-page stuff, uh, deleting content, uh, auditing your copy, making it more conversion optimized. Uh, you know the the whole nine years uh, nine years of that thing. Uh, mm -hmm. let, let's talk about that. Talk to me about it. Yeah, so there wasn't a ton of content when I joined. Um, 
but there was some, and, and some of it was ranking pretty well. Like I said, I mean, they were already receiving just over 3,000 inorganic um, <clears throat> visits every month. And considering how low kind of their SEO profile was, it, it was doing pretty well. Um, so there were two that were on page one, but not in the top spot. So the two in, in, in particular were LinkedIn Sales Navigator Review uh, as a keyword. <clears throat> and um, the second was a very long tail keyword, how to export leads from LinkedIn Sales Navigator, which is super bottom of the funnel, exactly what people come to use a, come to WIZA to use. Um, <clears throat> so in terms of quick wins, I, I focused on improving the articles that were already there. Those were two of them. Um, and it was just, I mean, it, it, there was no secret sauce. It was implementing SEO best practices on those, on those pages. So looking at keyword density, making sure the headers were there. I expanded them quite a bit to be more in-depth and, and authoritative to, to compete with the pages that were coming up at the top of page one. Um, so I added quite a bit of content, added internal and external links, added the image descriptions. I mean, just going through your typical SEO checklist. Um, and because those were, they were either on the bottom of page one or the top of page two, somewhere around, you know, nine to 12 in their position, making those changes pretty quickly brought them up to the number one spot. And so we have the snippets for both of those keywords, which is awesome. And those kind of, the reason I say those two examples, because one is very bottom of the funnel, um, how, <clears throat> how to export leads from LinkedIn Sales Navigator. And then one is very top of the funnel and uh, higher higher volume, which is LinkedIn Sales Navigator review. So, and, and we're, we just champion Sales Nav in pretty much everything we do. So our review basically says, Yes, SalesNav is 100% worth it. It's one of the most powerful prospecting tools for any sales team, let alone marketers or recruiters or what have you. So those were definitely the quick wins and those still, the review page gets us some of our highest traffic numbers uh, and then lower conversion rates because it's top of the funnel, it's not as specific. And then the how to export leads gets us still healthy traffic, but by far the highest conversion. We have a something crazy like a 50% conversion rate off of that page just because it's so specific to uh, buyer intent. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, we, we we're gonna get back to the point where uh, you mentioned that content which is helping for the bottom of the line, uh, like bottom of the funnel. So most, most con marketers think that you know, writing blogs or running webinars or whatever can fill up your top of the funnel uses, mm -hmm. right? But content mm -hmm. is actually much broader than that and it can help throughout the funnel. We're gonna get back to that in a bit, but let's, uh, let's move forward and let's, uh, let's talk about the content buckets system that you originally did, which actually, you know, scaled up your traffic from mm -hmm. Uh, 3,000 to 7,500 within the mm -hmm. span of six months, as well as the DR. So talk mm -hmm. to me about that and explain a little in detail as to how you executed that process. Yeah, so joining, I, I was the first marketer joining WIZA and still the, the only marketer on the team. Um, so I knew pretty quickly I would have to be pretty focused on the content that I'd be writing. And 
it's it's a sales tool. So we on on other channels, I write about pretty much anything and everything related to sales. But for an, from an SEO perspective, I think it needed to be quite a bit more focused. So I just focused on three buckets that were very related to what was a helps sales reps do. One was LinkedIn Sales Navigator, since at the beginning that was kind of we are an add-on to using SalesNav to prospect. Uh, number two was cold emails, since this was essentially supporting cold email campaigns for sales teams, uh, making the, the lead gen part of that campaign a lot more effective and accurate <clears throat> and personalized. And then bucket number three was um, uh, lead generation. So basically all things related to to lead gen. Awesome. Uh, so let, let, let's break it down, right? So in, in bucket number one, um, when you implemented it, what, what were you thinking? What was your thought process uh, throughout, you know, all individual buckets? And um, what were the steps you took to execute the same? Can we go a little bit deeper into that? Sure. Yeah. So the first one was LinkedIn sales nav. And even with that, I kind of broke it down a little bit. So we have more, well, it's all education, ideally educational content. Um, but some are very broad level, like, um, like the LinkedIn sales nav review page. We have a page comparing the different types of LinkedIn account types, free versus premium versus sales nav, when you would want to use which plan. Um, and then we have a lot of content on, getting the most out of sales nav since I, I think I've heard other sales pros say the same thing. It's, it's a super powerful platform and not very many sales teams are using it to its full extent. So we put out a lot of content around advanced search, um, how to export your first degree connections, how to narrow your searches around your specific uh, buyer personas <clears throat> and that sort of thing. So we, we focus very much on, educational content for using LinkedIn Sales Navigator. And then throughout the, throughout the content, we kind of position WIZA, not explicitly, but implicitly saying, you know, if we include a screenshot, it, it has the WIZA plugin there. And then if we are talking about next steps after running your searches, it's, you know, now you can take that search and export it, uh, which you're not able to do with sales nav by itself. So the logical next step is use WIZA to export your, your searches and then find the emails from there. Uh, so that was bucket number one was this kind of very educational content for using sales nav. Uh, bucket number two was cold email just as that's, we are basically supporting initially we were just supporting cold email. Now with phone numbers and social, we have ABM and, and cold calling and all of that as well. Um, so I, I guess I should say now cold outreach. And that too is just supposed to be educational content around best practices for cold outreach. So we do topics on, again, these are all related to some of the most promising keywords. So it's um, uh, subject lines you should be using um, for cold email, how to, how to follow up on an email, a cold email that doesn't get a reply, um, how to stay out of, uh, how to stay out of the, the junk folder, um, so all these things that people are already searching for, we do want to be a resource for them um, and build our authority in the space. Uh, and then lead gen does the same thing, just on a more on a broader level. All right, awesome. 
what was uh, what was the third bucket and then then we'll kind of discuss uh, all of the three together yeah, number three was lead gen. Um, so that was, it, it's still very much related to sales nav, um, but it's more on best practices for going through the prospecting process. So instead of basically boiling down to, you know, instead of spray and, and pray, reaching out to 10,000 completely unqualified leads, really craft narrowed searches that you can personalize outreach with um, so that basically better lead gen initially leads to better responses and better ROI down the line and will fill, fill your pipe. Like basically it boils down to you can build a better pipeline with a thousand leads that you qualify ahead of time than 10,000 leads that you just are kind of pulling out based off of one or two qualifying pieces of information. Great. Um, so, uh, like these are three three different buckets, right? And I'm assuming that uh, these three different buckets needed, you know, different types of content, right? Even when you're writing blogs, there are various ways you can write blog. The mm -hmm. flow would be different. The story might be different. So, talk to me about how you differentiated each of the blog for, you know, for uh, it may be different stages of the funnel, different uh, customer types. Uh, how are they different? How are the content written differently for these three buckets? Yeah, um, really there are only two different types, I would say. One would be where it is very SEO focused and you're answering a very specific question, like how to export LinkedIn contacts, for example. So that's a, a pretty high volume keyword just because even people not using sales nav are searching for that, how to export your contacts. So for that one, I, I basically provided two solutions. One is to do it through LinkedIn, which there is a way to do it. They make it super difficult. Uh, so it's a, it's a step-by-step -step process with screenshots. And then the second half, I go into how to do it with sales nav, which is a lot more intuitive um, and can be a lot more effective if you're doing it for sales or marketing. Um, so for SEO content it is very much broken down guides with ideally screenshots. Sometimes we have video to go with it, uh, lots and lots of headers <laughs> to make it super scannable. Um, and then from an SEO perspective, so it ideally gets picked up on if there's snippets for questions like how to or steps for and all that. So that was type number one. And then type number two, I, I didn't do as much of, but I did just be just kind of break up, break up the flow a little bit was content that was more aimed at social engagement. So uh, we did a piece on um, like 30 cold email tips to kick your outbound sales into gear. Um, and that, I mean, especially early on, we didn't really stand that much of a chance of capturing a, a keyword like cold email tips. So the idea was more to be able to share that and fuel content for social media. So not only did we just share the article, we were able to, if we have 30 cold email tips in a blog post, that's basically 30 different social media posts that we're able to expand upon. Um, and then we did a couple of roundups. We've done a couple of guest posts um, just to kind of drive our, I, I guess you'd say the goal there would be the social engagement and the brand awareness since we're a pr pretty much a brand new tool as of last year. All right. Um, so one was, one was purely from the SEO perspective uh, where you 
knew already that if you could change the you know the dimensions of your blog uh, basically add the SEO bits you can easily rank for that and the other one was where keywords you knew that you couldn't rank for but at the same time you can uh, you have to write it because Visa is a new tool you need the brand awareness and the kind of uh, post that gets social engagement I guess uh, it's, it's worth doing it right because everything is not about the top of the funnel users uh, you have to also care about the branding part right Right, exactly. And to get, I don't know, it, it wasn't exactly buzz, but to get it being talked about in other channels. So the roundup, for example, we talked about the, um, I forget how many it was, like the top 20 sales people to follow on LinkedIn. And then I basically sent them a message saying, hey, we featured you in this, check it out, feel free to share. And then that's a, a soft intro where I'm not making an ask of them initially, but then ideally that establishes the base of a foundation, uh, uh, sorry, the foundation of a relationship. Totally, uh, relationship building and uh, content. I, I kind of preach that. If you look at my LinkedIn posts, uh, it's, it's all about relationship building uh, in, in marketing in general. So sure. however way you can start it, uh, I think, uh, yeah. That, yeah, I think that's why really great, content marketers would also make great sales reps because exactly. if you're going to be on for writing and you're running your guest post campaign or accepting guest posts, it's a lot of relationship building, right? Which is essentially what an AE would do who is, is building. It's, it's sales. It's sales. I mean, there, there, there is no, you know, different way to say it. I, I, uh, a couple of days back, a very young uh, content writer asked me like, Hey man, uh, what are the top five, Know, things that you you did where to reach where you are so I, I just told them that you just focus on being a sales guy right so mm. <laughs> sell yourself well because without that uh, you know you cannot sell your content if you can't sell yourself it's like uh, you know, comparing apples with oranges it's, it's, it's impossible right yeah so <laughs> totally I mean, especially yeah. probably so if you're running your own shop um, or doing, you know, being a freelance writer, it's, you can be a great writer, but how you're going to get ahead is by building those relationships and you'll start to get those referrals. You'll build that foundation that will get you, you know, a guest post on, on marketing professors and that's going to go so far. So yeah, you're right. It is, <laughs> it is sales at its core. It's just, you're kind of selling your content or your site. Yeah. Yeah, your, your content, your experience, uh, you know, how you, uh, how you write, uh, what's unique about you, everything is sales, basically. So totally agree with you on that. Uh, you know, we, we, sh we, should, we should be aiming to be better sales uh, folks. For sure. And I think, I think sales reps can, can aim at being better content. Better writers. writers. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you, you go and ask a sales rep that, hey, man, uh, these are the five pieces that uh, if you can post on your LinkedIn, that'd be awesome. Uh, you can get more stuff. Uh, she'll be like, no. I mean, I, I would rather do, you know, 50 cold messages as opposed to posting one post every day, which, which attracts inbound interest. So mm. I, don't, I don't know why... People don't understand that, but that's like content marketing 101 for salespeople. Right? Mm -hmm. Build an authority, right? 
either on Twitter or wherever, any, any, any community for that matter. It doesn't have to be LinkedIn, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, not every, not every uh, activity in content marketing should necessarily be tied to a specific metric or ROI, exactly. honestly. But every piece, before you start writing it, you should know what specific purpose that piece is serving. And maybe it's building authority to share on, on social media. Maybe it's uh, the, the brand awareness I was talking about. Very often it's going to be SEO and organic traffic, but just having that purpose in mind initially is going to make for better content. Totally. I mean, uh, it doesn't have to be you know tied to a, a revenue metric every time because sales are responsible for that uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, cool. I think uh, we have established that content folks should be sales, uh, sales folks originally, and the vice versa, right? So, okay, moving on. What? Uh, how? Uh, how did you build your backlink profile? Because uh, you know, going from such a low DR to forty nine is it's a it's just not no easy feat, and you definitely have to build a great backlink profile uh, to do that. So what was your approach to build the backlinks? And uh, now break it down for me. Uh, how did you get into the top sites like Sales Hacker, G2? Because uh, after that, failed multiple times. Very difficult to get in, right? So what what was your approach? Uh, you know, talk to yeah, me. I th- yeah, I think there's so many, there's a, maybe not 101, but there's so many ways to go about backlinks um i mean there's especially if you start including black hat methods but yeah we did a a few different things um one was kind of going for the quick wins again so looking at uh, resource pages and um, you know startup directories and those types of things there's plenty of lists if you just google that like startup directories or where to get your startup listed you'll get a list of 30 plus different places right or more so quick wins were that, just going through the process, manual process of submitting WIZA to all these places. Um, and then kind of a little more labor intensive was looking at um, resource pages. So whatever, a, a page that has top 20 sales tools that you need or top 20 Chrome extensions for sales teams, tracking down contact information for that page author and just shooting them a message and asking, hey, can, can WISA be included on this? I think it'd be a great addition because X, Y, Z. <clears throat> so that was kind of one approach is looking at existing pages and attempting to be added to them. Um, and again, there's a lot of different ways to go about that. Uh, bucket number two for me were the, the sites with, let's say, domain authority of 25 to 50 or 60 um, because at this point we had a domain authority or domain rating I I should say of 10 so basically anything higher than that was going to be a win (laughs) Um, so I just created a super long list I think it was 300 and something different opportunities um, and just went through and reached out to them one by one and looked at if they had explicit instructions for how to submit a guest post then doing it that way just to not piss off the person on the other end by sending an intro email when realistically they have 
their step-by-step -step instructions on the site. So taking your time is definitely really important at that stage and, and looking at what they have already. And if they have a process, follow that process first. If you don't hear back after that, then send a follow-up email. Um, and if they don't have a process, then that then it's time to send that that pretty personalized pitch uh, via email. Um, so that was just a super time-consuming but rewarding process of going through that list and getting on. That was getting on um, sites like Techno FAQ, Article Base, Pick the Brain, Tech Media Today, Young Upstarts. All these sites that are are really open to guest posts because that's how they drive their content. It's all through guest posts, killer startups, succeed as your own boss, um, small biz club, those types of things. Um, so it's not, I'd say it's time consuming to, to create a guest post and pitch them and, and then get on, but it's not necessarily difficult because these sites all want guest posts. Um, so that was kind of step number two is looking at these mid tier sites with that, you know, for the most part are going to accept guest posts. And again, that's, Sorry if I'm I'm trying to break this down, but <laughs> hopefully I'm not rambling. But um, that is the same thing. Just Google is your best friend on this on this front. I think I pretty much only use Google to to uncover these opportunities. Just searching different forms of um, you know guest posts for small business or guest post startup or um, or searching the keyword like like sales and then putting in quotes so that it's an exact match guest post or guest post submission or something like that. Um, and then still, as I uncovered them, I just added them to my Google sheet. And once I had 300 plus opportunities, I started going back through it and, and reaching out to them and making pitches. Um, and then basically following up, like you, like we were talking about, it's relationship building. It's, it's, essentially a tiny little version of a CRM for content marketing of, of once somebody accepts your pitch or responds and asks a question, making sure you follow up there. And I think out of that, we had, I got to count them up, but um, maybe a hundred, a hundred guest posts place out of that list. So if you take your time with it, you can be really successful with it. And then kind of tier three or bucket three is the ones you were talking about mentioning that are difficult to get placed on like G2, marketing professors, um, sales hacker, those types of sites. So that I took a different approach. I actually took the equivalent content marketing equivalent of social selling. So I first connected with a handful of team members from those properties on LinkedIn and started engaging with their content um, commenting, liking, following up, sending personalized connection requests, all of that, and, and gave it some time. And then even, even though those sites do have a pretty established guest post process, I, I acknowledge that in, a, in my initial message. So for G2, for example, I reached out to, um, I believe her, her title was director of, not director, but mm, something along the lines of content marketing manager and G2 has a huge content marketing team. So she was just kind of one person that I focused on connecting with. And I sent her a message saying, Hey, I know G2 puts out awesome content. I know you have this process and I'm, I want to put in a pitch. I just was wondering if you have any specific tips or connections before I do so. Um, and she pointed, she, I forget exactly 
her specific tips, but she pointed me in the right direction and sent an intro email. <clears throat> and then I submitted my pitch from there. But you're right, it is super difficult and super time consuming to get on sites like that. For G2, for example. That was, uh, that was a classic social selling example, right? So salespeople actually do that, you know, like, comment, share, uh, kind of stalk them across social media and trying to gain their attention and finally just making the pitch over a message or an email saying, hey, uh, I've been following you and awesome work. Mm -hmm. Here's what I have the pitch for. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally, totally agree with that. So, I mean, yeah, uh, you, you put in the works, you, you have a great list ready. You have like 300 or over 300 opportunities or let's say, yeah, we can say content, uh, guest posting opportunities, um, with you, but how do you craft a message so that it draws their attention? Because I'm get, I'm guessing if they have a you know decent DR like thirty to forty, they might be getting like 10, 15 pitches every month, and they can't publish all of them because they have their own content calendar to think about. So what what was your you know pitch like? And if you if you followed a particular template, uh, especially you can can talk about the one you used at Visa. Talk to me mm -hmm. about that because that 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 is a very important aspect, and uh, I have suffered from that. Like I couldn't write great pitches before, and then just you know experimenting a lot helped me. But uh, happy to hear what you did. Yeah. So for those mid-tier sites, it was pretty much a template um, that I would switch out the my pitch topics, my topics I was pitching, um, depending on what the site was. <clears throat> So it was a pretty basic, very short to the point email saying, hey, loving your content at, you know, Techno FAQ, including a link to their site. So I said, I love this article, ideally sales related and link to it. Um, <clears throat> and then say, you know, I'd love to write some content for you as well. Here are a few ideas. So typically I'd include two or three different topics um, just to give them a, a, a range and then they would be able to choose one. So that worked out super well. Um, they typically reply either no or not interested or sure, go with, go with option number two, or I just wouldn't hear back from them. And then if I didn't hear back from them, I'd send a follow-up after about a week or two and then send another one after about a month. And if you know I didn't hear back from them after the second follow-up, then I would just kind of let it go. <laughs> Um, and then for the, what was the, what was the follow-up email? Like, uh, can you tell me that as well? Yeah. It, to be honest, it probably wasn't the best now that I know a little bit more about cold outreach than I did six months ago. Um, it was just, you know, essentially a one line saying, hi, following up on my email from above. Let me know if you're interested in any of these topics. Um, you know, let me know. And, and, and that was it. And, Knowing a little bit more now, I probably would have sent a fresh email with maybe even a fresh idea or a piece of content that I saw from their site, um, or even turned back more to social selling and connected with, if it's available, connecting with some of the team members um, uh, on LinkedIn, which is not always available on some of these some of these sites. Um, yeah, <clears throat> and then for the higher the higher tier sites it was it wasn't a template it was very specific to them so like drift for example um i, I pitched a topic that was very specific to what drift offers and is slightly related to what was it does so it was on 
personalization versus personality. Um, and the whole thing with, well, I shouldn't say the whole thing with drift, but drift kind of positions themselves as able to provide, you know, super high tier personalized customer service um, and outreach. <clears throat> and then I wanted to talk about kind of people talk about personalization, but that's really not enough these days because now everybody expects personalization. So how do you stand out? Um, so that was my pitch to them uh, kind of two weeks after I joined Wiza, I think. And, and they responded pretty quickly and accepted the topic, but then it didn't get published until, like you said, with the editorial calendar, it didn't get published until May. So it was a three month process. Um, and then for G2, it was a whole different process. That was, I think we just got published last month. So it was maybe four or five months. And I think we went through 12 different topic ideas before landing on the topic that was accepted and that ultimately got published. And ultimately the, the topic that got published has nothing to do with what Wizit does. It, it was on it Yeah, so it was, it was very much related to my work as a content marketer, but not Wizza. But it's fine. Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, I had a byline on G2, it included Wizza, so we got that, and then it had the backlink. Um, and I was writing for G2, which I was super stoked about. Exactly. So uh, tell me about uh, tell me about this. Well, once you had the links of uh, you know Drift and G2 up and running, did you see any change in your traffic or in your DR? Like, were you tracking those metrics uh, as you were doing the guest posts? Because I think mm. it's important. Like, you know, uh, you, you might be able to generate hundreds of links, but uh, SEO is tricky and nobody exactly knows how it works. So, uh, you know. Did you see any kind of change uh, after the posts were published? Yeah, I, I might be able to pull up um, the report anyway. So every month, I, I tried not to overthink it just because like you said, it, there's such a big, it's like a black box. You like put stuff in and hope that it, it lifts, <laughs> lifts your traffic and keyword rankings and all of that. Um, Absolutely. But every end of every month I would look at just some basic metrics like I said I'm, I'm the only marketer so I basically tried to narrow it down on what would be the most important um, just from an SEO perspective so I looked at the number of backlinks we had how the conversion rate was affected our bounce rate our search traffic uh, our domain rating um, and then our average position for keywords so yeah, I tracked that each month. February, it got a bump up to 16, our domain rating. By May, it was up to 39. And then between May and June, that's kind of when all of the higher tier, all the guest posts from some of those high domain authority sites came through. That's when we saw the bump from 39 to 49. That is uh, that is brilliant because, uh, you know, when, when we publish guest posts, right, unless you have a very contextual link, you cannot expect that much traffic uh, to draw in. It's more to do with authority, um, you know, building brand awareness. Uh, if it's a site like G2, you have, a, uh, you have the name of Wiza there. It's, it's, you know, in itself, it's valuable because it's uh, it kind of uplifts your brand as well. You aren't expecting that much traffic from there anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, think, not for uh, the most there is a, a subset where you can see kind of a, a good lift from referral traffic. Um, and those were more of the sites that were aimed at not, not exactly like product hunt, but um, 
like product listings and and focused on on helping others find tools that would be helpful for them. Um, so we have seen a good amount of organic, or I should say referral traffic from- Yeah, I think those kind of posts uh, from there, you can actually expect some kind of traffic because you're, you know, you're listed with a very contextual uh, content. So let's say mm -hmm. top 20 sales uh, from extensions, right? Visa is mm -hmm. one of them. So that is like right on point. So from there, people will actually come to your traffic and mm -hmm. they might get value out of it. Even so, a, a lot of times I've seen that uh, when you generate backlinks, uh, you might get traffic, but it's irrelevant, right? So let's say uh, I, I once uh, posted a backlink on a podcast site, right? Um, mm -hmm. And my my company was something very different. Uh, it was uh, data analytics. Uh, it was in the data analytics space, SaaS. But I posted because uh, I had some insights to share. It was kind of a byline, but uh, my my link, you know. My link was content marketer at X. So mm -hmm. we were seeing that we were getting like, you know, around 10 odd uh, visitors from that site uh, almost every two or three days. But it, it, it was like pretty useless. It, it was just like the number was just up, you know, mm -hmm. but we were getting 100 to 200 visitors from that one post. That post was pretty high, but that's it. That's about it, right? So yeah. they won't, they will never convert. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. All right. Uh, cool. I think, uh, I think we, we talked about that, uh, but you mentioned something about, you know, for your next stage of content marketing strategy, you'd be using case studies and pillar content, which is, uh, which has been made famous by HubSpot. So mm -hmm. uh, talk to me a little, a uh, little about that in brief about wh what you aim to do and how you go going about going about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a few different plans there. So number one is this should actually help our SEO as well, even though it's not explicitly for SEO is um, I have 12 different cheat sheets written up that I just need to get designed and they're just kind of basic breakdowns, one page breakdowns of some of the topics we've covered already, like uh, how, does, how to stay out of the spam filter. Um, <clears throat> and another one on uh, you know, best practices for cold email subject lines. Um, and you know, another one on personalization, another one on advanced search on SalesNav. So basically these topics that we have established authority on and we do have content for, but I'd love to repurpose um, into these one page, super engaging PDFs that then we can use on all sorts of different channels. So with that, I mean, I'm, I'm planning on using it on social media, planning on using it in some, potentially some email campaigns to SDRs, providing them with some resources. Um, and then there's a whole different swath of backlink options if you have infographics, you can place infographics on all these different sites. Um, <clears throat> so once we have those designed, that'll be kind of the renewed effort. Uh, and then, yeah, for pillar pages, it'll essentially be those three buckets I already talked about. So cold email, LinkedIn sales navigator, uh, and lead generation, um, kind of bringing all together this content that we've produced into uh, one pillar page linking out to all of these blog posts that talk about the specific pieces of it. <clears throat> and um, ideally that will, you know, raise 
raise the the ranking for all of those sites or all of those pages individually. Brilliant. I think uh, one one pillar post per bucket would be the idle way to go. I'm sure uh, you know you'd be going that way. Is mm -hmm. that right? Yeah, that's the plan. All right. Yeah, I think uh, in, in terms of uh, you know the checklist that you have, the, the cheat sheets uh, that you're creating, um, I think they can be repurposed on your blog as well. Like uh, especially on let's say a specific uh, specific blog where uh, you're just talking about sales nav and you, you have the top 10 tips to set up a sales nav uh, the right way or use the sales nav the right way. I think an exit intent pop-up with that download can actually fetch you a lot of leads from there in terms of subscribers and then you can nurture them through email to turn into a customer later. I think yeah. that, that, is, that is also a good, good way to uh, use those checklists, right? Potentially, yeah, um, and that definitely is a strategy. I actually, and I don't know that I have a, a super empirical reason for this, but I'm just gonna steer away from gated content altogether. Um, okay. I'd, I'd rather get the organic lift of having, creating sticky content that people come back for um, than have people bounce because they don't wanna provide their email address. <clears throat> and there's, I mean, I know, People do do this to great effect, but um, given our, um, you know, our annual, our, our ACV is not super high. Um, so right now about 60% of our revenue is driven from inbound traffic, which is, isn't even, for the most part, don't even talk to sales at all. They just convert right on the page or come back. I mean, secondary conversions are pretty high from the blogs from the blog as well. So I think we're just gonna stick with that and not gate anything. And I'd rather use those, those infographics and the design pages more for the building the brand awareness and brand authority that I was talking about earlier and just share, essentially share them freely on LinkedIn and Twitter and those channels. Totally, uh, that's, that's definitely another awesome approach to go about creating the checklist, I think. Uh, one more thing I think uh, content marketers miss is that you, you need to start at business objectives and you need to understand what your product dynamics are. Uh, like you mentioned, your ACV is low, right? And 60% of your sales comes from inbound traffic and they don't even talk to a salesperson. So yeah. you just need to understand the dynamics of it and accordingly uh, figure, the, figure the stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. I should clarify, I, I don't mean, I didn't mean, I think I misspoke. So it's not 60% of revenue because sales typically drive okay. uh, higher value deals, but it is more or less, I believe, 60% of, of users. All right. But yeah. Do you have a free tire there? Do we have a what? Sorry. Uh, a free tire on your, uh, on your product? Oh, a free tier. Yeah, we, we're not exactly a tier. We have a, a free trial to use 20 free matches or credits. Okay, um, okay. Well, I, I mean, you don't have to put in your, your credit card information or anything. It's, it's just an uh, open free trial. Uh, use the product. If you find it value, pay for it. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Exactly. Yeah, which is now actually my next... Uh, I'm kind of new to email marketing and customer engagement and all that. So that's my next big beast to tackle is figuring out how to turn 
you know, the users that have signed up and haven't been active or aren't paying customers, trying to get a little more strategic with how to convert them with our email campaign and follow-up. Yeah, totally. The, that kind of falls under product marketing. Uh, that's a whole, whole different discussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, it was awesome. And uh, th this, this brings us to the rapid-fire questions. Um, sure. Ready? I think so. Awesome. You're going to do great. All right, so first one. Talk to me about a book that you have read recently, which is nothing to do with marketing, sales, customer success, or any of those. Mm. Oh, that doesn't have to do with them. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. I just wrote a post on this, actually. I'm a big fan of reading. Uh, people always talk about like the top 10 sales books that you're reading or marketing or what have you, which is awesome. And you can really skill up, but I get a ton of ideas and inspiration and um, new words, honestly, even just from fiction and nonfiction writing that doesn't have anything to do with the industry. So my favorite right now is Bill Bryson. Um, oh, yeah. I read a handful of his books right now. I'm reading the lost continent, which is about his travels in small town America. And it's just hilarious. And he's, you know, super, super smart, super funny writer. So um, that's definitely my favorite right now. Brilliant. Uh, I, I, I love fiction because, uh, I mean, content writers can learn a lot from there. The way they write, the way they um, make the content flow. It's, it's, yeah. just, uh, it's just beautiful to watch. Exactly. Cool. Uh, next question. What is your one productivity tool, uh, not, not tool, uh, one productivity tip that you would give every content marketer um, whoever is starting out or whoever is, you know, kind of finding it difficult to uh, be productive during these uh, pandemic days? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially this year, huh? Um, this is always a hard question because I don't think there are very many productivity tips that apply across the board. I think it depends on, you know, your own style and your personality and how you work and think. But something that's worked for me, especially since I'm kind of working on the strategy and execution for content for Wizza is to batch work as much as possible. So instead of working through one piece from start to finish, I will try to either bi-weekly or monthly outline all of the content that I'll be writing for the upcoming period, ideally for the month. So this week I'm, I'm essentially outlining all of my content for August um, <clears throat> and then come back to it and, and write it out one by one, obviously. But if you're armed with those resources and the outline and everything you want to say, the writing process goes so much faster um, if you have that ahead of time, even if I'm revisiting it after a couple of weeks. And then, uh, <clears throat> and then finally kind of batching the editing process as well. So that's what, that's what's worked for me. And, and even for the backlinks, that's how I described it. I, I went through and I created a whole list of, of potential sites first, and then I started the outreach and doing it that way really, I think helped me be a lot more productive and efficient with my time. Brilliant. The, the top-down approach works uh, pretty well. Uh, I, I kind of do it for my day. Uh, every morning I wake up, I just list down the top 10 tasks that I have to do or whatever that is, maybe five, maybe 10, and then just uh, get on with it. I also follow the eat the frog method. 
you know, tackling your uh, worst possible or the hardest task every day first, and then moving on to the easy one. So that that also kind of helps. So yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, last last question. One one non marketing or sales tool that you use and you find uh, you found a lot of value out of. A, a a sales or marketing book. No, so a, a tool, right? Which a is tool. not sales or marketing related. So nothing like a wizard or HubSpot. Yeah. Oh. Um. Yeah, let's see. What would be my favorite? So I can't say Ahrefs, huh? <laughs> um, I would say my favorite tool currently is Monday.com, which I don't know if that's cheating because I do use it for, for content marketing. But it, you, can <laughs> no, use totally. it for any, you can use it for any type of project management, but yeah, I love it. Yeah. I, but I have a board for our backlink campaign where I have all these different labels for their status and notes and all that. I have one for our editorial calendar. I have one for, we have an intern that's working. So I have kind of project tracking there. Um, uh, and then one for long-term planning and my own to do's. And that's been super beneficial. Um, it's super colorful. It's a lot more fun than using Google sheets. And I just find it, um, uh, I sound kind of geeky saying it, but I find it kind of fun to use and plan out weeks and months using that tool. Totally. It, it, it actually looks great. So a couple of weeks back, I tried out Monday because uh, I like trying out SaaS tools anyway. And mm -hmm. uh, I kind of tried out all kinds of uh, project management tools. ClickUp was very similar to it. It was also very colorful, very well designed, but Monday is yeah. like super, super clean, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's, it's so smooth. It I can mean, be better than Trello. <laughs> yeah, I like it so much better than Trello. And I thought I liked Trello before, but <laughs> it can be yeah. a little expensive. So be between starting to use it for Wizza and then we started using it for my own, for our content marketing agency, they changed mm -hmm. the pricing model. So now it's with five team members on it, it costs something like, I think it's $1,000 for the year. Um, wow. So it's a little higher on the higher side for a project management tool, but now I'm just hooked. So I just paid that. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Yeah. That's the story of SaaS, right? Once you're used to that tool, you, you just can't get out of it. Very simple. Yeah, exactly. Uh, brilliant. Um, I, think, I think we discussed a lot of interesting topics today and uh, I'm, I'm sure, uh, you know, you're content with uh, this as well. Uh, Brooklyn, it was great, great having you here. It was, you know, it was a well spent uh, 15 minutes uh, Thanks a lot again, and uh, hopefully we'll chat soon. Yeah, thanks for putting it together. I look forward to hearing other episodes too. Pleasure. All right, thanks, Deb. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. This does help us get this podcast out to more amazing marketers like yourself. Thanks again for listening and we will see you in the next episode.